This is Brunch with the Hollowells. And here's a quote from Rob. What's wrong with weird? Weird's like the nuts in my cookies. It's the nuts that make things interesting. Who said that? Um, is that from Heavenly Creatures? Very good guess. It is a sort of a whimsical, sort of young adult movie. It's um, Mrs. Florence Zimmerman, a.k.a. Kate Blanchett, from The House with the Clocks in the Walls. I knew it sounded familiar, and I saw that movie with you, and I really liked that movie. It was really fun and really good. I did not read the book, but I just love the story and the characters and the message and just how casual yet under the radar they were with their magic. Like they were never ashamed of it. They never thought that people shouldn't know about it, but they kind of knew what they had to do to make sure everyone stayed safe. But they were just so proud of just having that knowledge and just teaching the kid and they acted like kind of like big kids themselves which i thought was also entertaining i love the friendship between her and jack black's character even though we don't know if they were dating or if they were like brother and sister like i yeah but it was just their respect to each other was awesome i just love that movie yeah i've come to really love kate blanchett too like seeing her play even from indiana jones and crystal skull to you know lord of the rings And, of course, Hela from Marvel. She's an amazing actress. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Well, uh, welcome, everyone, to our latest episode. We're doing episode 17 of season four, uh, Saving Private Leo. But first, we have tons and tons to talk about. So, Sean, today was the virtual experience at Wizard World for the Charmed cast. Tell us about it, Janet. So they did an hour, and it was uh, Holly Marie Combs, Brian Krause, and Drew Fuller, and Rose McGowan. Now, Rose McGowan was in Mexico, so she had some connectivity issues. So she had to call Holly Marie's phone, and then by video conference, Holly held up her phone to the screen. (laughs) (laughs) It was a make it work moment and it was fine. We heard her just fine. She heard the host just fine. So she was able to answer questions. Uh, Rose has this like hand gesture thing when she talks that reminded me so much of Paige. So it was so great to kind of see that after like 20 odd years that she still kind of has some of those mannerisms. Uh, Holly, for one, didn't want it said that it's been 20 years since the show ended. She was like, hey, calm down with the numbers. <laughs> but no, it was great. Everyone was super casual. Um, nobody shaved. I mean, everybody kind of wore what they wanted to wear. And um, they just had a good time. It was fun. Uh, I watched it through YouTube, but you could have watched it through Facebook or Twitch. And on Twitch, I, they were ans- asking questions. One of the things that came up that pops right in my head is they asked how many times the grandfather clock blew up. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Sean, do you even want to take a guess? Even though you're only halfway through the series, do you know what number they, like most people said versus like what you think? 42. (laughs) So apparently throughout all eight seasons, uh, the clock only blew up seven times. Wow. 
Yeah, just seven. So an average of one a year, I guess, or one a season. But uh, yeah, they shared some facts that kind of went over some of the, you know, typical questions like what's your favorite storyline? What did you find hard to do on camera? Things like that. And I was surprised to hear some of the answers that were told. Uh, By the way, this entire Q&A panel is recorded and viewable on their website and on their channel. So anybody who's listening can go back and watch it. You you didn't get the only chance of watching it live. So if you haven't seen it yet, please go back and watch. But turns out Leo had a really big issue throughout the series with crying. And the way that he phrased it was being like emotional or devoted into the relationships. And they were like, well, excuse me, Leo. Well, but the thing was, is that anytime he had to like cry for a loved one or things like that, like he found that difficult. He was like, crying's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Holly Marie Combs, she actually brought up the fact of putting the belief in the relationship for eight full years. Um, You know, just she was like, Leo, not Leo, but Brian, nothing to get like, you're lovely. But, like, putting in that effort to make every single, like, relationship believable and stuff like that, that was kind of problematic, too. It wasn't like she didn't want to do it. It was just more of, like, really selling it that they were in love this whole time, you know? That makes sense. Like, how I have to pretend like I like you most of the time. (laughs) Hey, you only have four more seasons of this. (laughs) You're good. Um, but no, I mean, it was a really enjoyable conversation. There was uh, some cheesy moments. And of course, the chemistry between the three of them, or should I say four of them, were really spot on. I mean, they would make fun of each other uh, a lot. There is something that I do want to say that one of them said, but it is a huge spoiler. So I can't say it, unfortunately, but take my word for it. It was a good time. Um, and then afterwards, everyone is um, doing the whole Zoom two-minute conversation throughout the day holly got so many people they had to make a group two which is tomorrow because she has so many that want to speak to her then as i was just calling you just now there is an email looking for volunteers for a group three that's happening on saturday so uh i know like she is so i actually volunteered to just do mine on Saturday because I'm pushing it with working tomorrow and being in this waiting room, waiting for her to come on while I'm working. So I was like, you know what? I love that Saturday. And then afterwards, you know, um, you know, I'll talk about our conversation, um, on our, hopefully on our, not the next episode, but the next episode after that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, I volunteered. I didn't get like a confirmation yet, but I went ahead and just told him like, just schedule a Saturday. I'm free. So it's all good. But it was, it was a good time. And, uh, I hope they do this more in the future. I, there was like over 13 million people. I shouldn't say 13. I'm sorry. 1.3 million people watching today's live, you know, virtual experience or whatever. Damn. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, so, Enough of that. I know I've been rambling, but we do have a Witch Witch winner. Do we want to discuss that now or save it for later, Sean? Let's do it now, Rob. Okay. All right. So our judge today is the one and only Michael Lumiere. 
Mm. He decided to be our judge uh, for this week, so he shared a little bit about himself, but also has chosen a winner. Now, he gave me a mouthful because he, and he specifically said, do not skip anything. Don't take anything out. (laughs) Read it verbatim. He hates when people do that shit, so I'm going to have to read this whole thing to you. And... Oh, what is Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically, he gave me a rundown as to why he believes one of the two makes a better mother. So it was Hermione versus Melisandre from Game of Thrones. Who would make the better mother? I didn't really watch Game of Thrones, but she birthed a scary ghost monster, which I respect, but am scared of. He did a little research. She seems like she would be a great teacher, but a terrible mother. She sacrificed innocent people, which is a bit of a downer, but admittedly did raise Jon Snow from the dead, which is a handy skill to have as a mom. She reminds me of the mother from I, Tanya. She gets the job done, but has no maternal instincts. However, her hair and dress game should be give her extra points. All in all, she would be a bad mother. Now, Hermione is canonically a great mother. She becomes minister for magic, so is a motherly figure for the entire wizarding community. I did not know that. (laughs) Uh, She understands a mother's sacrifice by obliviating her parents, so she shows she understands the importance of protecting those she loves. She saved Harry and Ron dozens of times and guided Jenny on her quest for Harry, uh, which shows bravery and empathy. She grew up around Molly Weasley, who is the epitome of motherhood, and Professor McGonagall, who is the baddest bitch going. So Hermione is his choice, and he also chose you, Sean, to be the winner. Yay! Now, I had to clap back, and I was like, there is nothing in here that Sean said. So is his argument still better than mine? And so he went back to listen to it because I was like, uh-uh, we gonna, I'm talking about argument. And he goes, okay, after hearing the argument again, Sean still wins. You, uh, you is saying me. He says that Rob made Melisandre as a good manager, but a bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fair enough. As long as you made a choice based on the arguments, not what he personally thinks. So before I go on, Sean, do you agree that Hermione would make the better mother or you just argued for her favor? No, I argued for Hermione because he brought up a lot of good points that, of course, I didn't think of in the moment. Because when you have 30 seconds to argue, everything, of course, goes out of your head. But um, exactly. I read the uh, script for, or I don't know what you'd call it, the read-through for book eight, The Cursed Child, which is like the play. And it did Mm -hmm. talk about a lot about her being the minister of magic and stuff like that. And, you know, seeing her and the the way she raised her kids, like, I still think she's the better parent. And I'll have you know, Charmy, since Rob didn't know Melisandre, I even gave him a chance off the record. I was like, do you want to look anything up before we do this? Because I wanted you to see that she did birth the shadow babies, but they killed someone right away. So she's a bad mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> fair enough no it's okay you can totally have that win all right uh so a little more about him so who is uh his favorite sister 
I used to say Phoebe was my favorite, but now it is Piper. I love her dry wit. She's the most grounded in her mannerisms and the one I relate to the most. Her powers are the most practical in life. Could Piper freeze someone mid sneeze? <laughs> uh, she has frozen only a demon's body and unfrozen his head, so I reckon so. She reckon, I love it. <laughs> she has grown the most and has had to carry the burden of all the Hollowells since she was a child. First as a buffer between Prue and Phoebe, and then expectations to take over from Grams. Feeding and looking after the family, she was helping cook and memorize ingredients while Prue and Phoebe were running wild. She was the least popular sister in school while the others were head cheerleader and the wild child respectively. Piper had to take on Prue's role with literally no help or training and worked the hardest to reach her dreams both magically and professionally. Even when it came to meeting Leo, Phoebe tried to get in his pants first, knowing full well that Piper liked him more than her. Piper has earned the right to be grouchy and still managed to stay somewhat positive and on track. When you discuss about her wanting a normal life, she had the least amount of time or opportunity to have her own life out of any of them, so it's understandable why she is the most hesitant as the years go on. She went from manor to living with Brew to back to the manor, plus she dated a ghost which is just the cutest thing and has the best hair. <laughs> I love how everybody refers back to Mark the ghost. Mark the ghost is amazing. <laughs> okay, so what is his favorite episode? Well, one of my favorite episodes is Bride and Gloom. This is when um, Prue got married first to that demon. Mm -hmm. I enjoy them using their powers for evil. I wish they had more time out in the world. Um, and his others, which you haven't reached yet, are Witches in Tights, Powers of Three Blondes, Sword in Stone, and more. So, Sean, that just gives you a little hint as to what you're about to look forward to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how has Charmed affected his life? I used to watch Charm when it, w it originally came out. I was six, I think. And I used to watch it with my mom. I have two sisters, so in my head was uh, positive. We were secretly witches. Still not entirely sure we're not. <laughs> uh, it has also been a sort of a guiding light for baby gay Michael when I was uh, feeling low and sometimes still recite spells absentmindedly. So just in case. Uh, how did you find Brunch with the Hollowells? He says, by regularly searching for Charm, Buffy, and Angel fun things on the internet, it's an ongoing search for fun facts and, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's where you popped up. All right, so that was a little bit about our charming Michael Lumiere. I'm sorry, I actually um, didn't catch it all because I went to go make coffee and watch the extended cuts of all three Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lot to say. <laughs> yes, he's a very devoted fan. No, thank you for being our judge. And if any of you Charmies are interested in being a judge on our Witch Witch game, feel free to send us a, D a message on Instagram, Bunch with the Hollowells, or on Twitter, BWTH Podcast, and we'll put you on the list to be our next judge. 
All right, Sean, let's get to our episode. Uh, Save in Private Leo. Original air date was March 28, 2002. Written by Doug E. Jones and Daniel Carone. Directed by John Baring. Co-stars include the Mandalore brothers, Costas and Luis, uh, as Rick and Nathan Lang. Deborah Kellner as Julie, Evie Peck as Maria, James Green as one of our veterans, and Renee Hegeter as Greg. This episode scored 3.9 million viewers. So Piper has made a batch of wheat germ pancakes. Have you ever had wheat germ pancakes? I don't even know what those are. Um, I don't know. I've had wheat pancakes. I don't know if that's the same. They weren't too bad. Not as bad as everybody treated the wheat germ pancakes. Well, so it, d- explain to me wheat pancakes. What like it's made out of? Like, is does it have a taste? It's like I don't get it. Is it just like wheat bread? I guess I don't know. Uh, it's made from wheat instead of whatever the flour for regular pancakes is made out of. So they're supposed to be a little healthier for you. Kind of like the difference between wheat bread and white bread, but um, you still okay. put a bunch of butter and syrup on them, so I know it's not like the most healthy thing. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. All right, so, but no one appears interested in having one. Just as she carries the plate behind Paige, Cole waves his hand, popping up Paige's bagel and causing Piper to drop the plate. The commotion unnerves Phoebe, who suddenly got a job and thinks she's fucking top diva and demands quiet in the kitchen, a general spot in the house. I'm so over this woman right now. Why are you in the most populated room and demand quiet? Go to your own room and ask for quiet. Right. I really, well, I mean, for the sake of the episode, we understand why, but I just thought that was kind of like shitty. Everybody's had a job this whole time and nobody said shit to you about keeping quiet, but we'll move on. Just then, her laptop battery dies and Cole glances at the smoke alarm, causing it to go off. Leo hovers to turn it off and Cole tells Phoebe that they can have all the quiet they want if they got their own place. So Leo is exhausted ever since the sisters vanquished the source. He's been getting more work than normal. The elders want him to check out Maria, a high school teacher who has been identified as a future right lighter. Piper tells him that she plans for them to attend a reunion of veterans of the Battle of Guadalcanal, telling the organizers that Leo is his grand, his own grandson. So Leo, in fact, died in uh, Guadalcanal. And Leo isn't happy. He doesn't want to be seen there, and he abruptly orbs out. All right, so just based on that last part, um, Leo storms off. That's a first. I don't think I've ever really seen him that angry before, especially at Piper. But clearly we know why since we've seen the episode. Um, He obviously doesn't really feel like a hero, so going there would feel a little bit wrong. But in the in the sort of the moment do you feel that piper had a right to kind of volunteer him to attend this veterans get together without speaking to him first is that like a big no-no when in a relationship or do you think that your partner can kind of like do that kind of thing um i think it's more on the no-no side i think it was innocent for piper's intentions but like she doesn't know the history and especially in their circumstances 
thought was like where his death originated from. You know, it's his past life. So surprising him by saying, hey, go confront your past life again. She doesn't know what he's been through. That's not her decision. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, in the moment, it didn't seem like she was forcing him, like you're going to go to this or else. But I, I guess she tried to kind of surprise him with this and be like, oh, this would be nice for you. Um, yes, she did kind of go in without knowing all the details. So I would have kind of warned him first before officially doing it. But I do feel... Her heart was in the right place, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, we, he doesn't really get to experience or talk about his past. So I, you would think that people sort of around his era, he would feel more comfortable around. But I get it. At the Area VA, two ghosts, Rick and Nathan Lang, who were close friends of Leo and who also died at Guadalcanal, blame Leo for their death. Once they find out his grandson is attending, they scare the secretary out of the room so they can find out where the grandson lives. Cue the credits. Piper wants to talk to Leo, but he isn't answering her calls. Paige is looking for her keys when she sees Nathan standing in the stairway. I guess you can say she saw him. Nathan is surprised that Paige can saw him. Piper walks in just as Nathan disappears. Piper doesn't think the ghost can possibly be good, so she wants to check out the Book of Shadows. However, Paige wants to check out the book herself. It's the first time she's saw him, a ghost that isn't related to her. <laughs> Alright, so a little bit to unpack here, but Sean, first let's get this out <laughs> the way. Did you happen to recognize our brother's ghost? I didn't recognize them. I don't know where I would have saw them before. Really? I'm just All kidding. Right. Well, Saw Hoffman. I was about to say, Jesus. Did you know? Um, yeah. They, you can tell they're brothers too. Like, I'm surprised they didn't play brothers in the show. I have. N- well, they did play brothers in the show. Oh, how come I said they were good friends in our thing? No, good friends to Leo. Oh, okay, okay. I thought they were brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. They were brothers. Um, yeah, well, back in the day i definitely recognize the older brother um from mortal kombat annihilation and who is now currently on black lightning um but the other brother i had no idea that he was in my big fat greek reading this whole time i had no clue but it is definitely him uh so but both of them have played in numerous tv and movie roles so they have a you know uh a full-on career in acting for sure but i never I, I didn't know they were brothers that's that's so funny uh i do want to point out that i do enjoy the ghostly effects that these particular ghosts have i do like the translucent sort of look that they have what did you think about the effects yeah i liked it too it reminded me kind of of uh ghostbusters and the way they did their ghosts and I liked mm-hmm. how, like, his head popped through the door and those effects. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these particular ghosts actually have a ton of more skills than the other ghosts that we have seen. Sean, do you call shenanigans on how much power they have? They can, they can become corporeal. They can touch things. They can be seen by people who aren't of a magical descent. Like... What do you think about all of these like advantages they've got? Yeah, it is a little shenanigan, shenanigan, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're pretty powerful. And, like, you can argue, I guess, that they died so long ago, so filled with hate for Leo, but you would think there'd be other ghosts who would have as much longevity or hatred. So I'm going to say shenanigans. Yeah, the only thing difference between these two is one was a complete psychopath, the other didn't expect it and had unfinished business, but these guys are just driven by rage, which apparently is the source of how they are able to do everything that they can. But um, yeah, I mean, it obviously made it uh, very interesting. The way that they scared that lady, though, I would have freaked the fuck out. They really went, like, all the way with her what did you think about the way that they like freaked her out like that yeah that poor lady like she didn't deserve that she was just doing her job minding her own business and they almost gave her a heart attack did you see how he got so into scaring her he was like pissed off she got away quote unquote i was like what are you pissed off about like he got into it he's like how dare you run away from me (laughs) (laughs) he was like no we're not after her but yeah um that was a really fucked up scene. I mean, having things like, you know, move without being, and then bam, to have a face just pop in front of your, yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. So Nathan returns to the VA and tells Rick that Leo's grandson is married to a witch and his two sister-in-laws are witches as well. So he thinks they may be in over their heads, but Rick is determined to get revenge. Rick smashes Leo's picture to the ground, and Nathan wonders how Rick did this. And Rick tells him that his hatred for Leo allows him to regain a sort of physical form. To prove it, he's fully corporeal just as a guard walks in, and Rick grabs a bayonet and runs the guard through. Jesus. <laughs> Damn. Um, and they served our country. That Hey, I, you know... Like, (laughs) uh, he tells Nathan to focus on his anger at Leo, and Nathan is corporeal as well. So Cole interviews a pretty blonde woman, Julie, to be his personal assistant. Julie turns out to be a fellow demon, and Cole wants Julie to help him separate Phoebe from her sisters. He decides to put her through a trial run by having her cover him, cover for him at the office, while he messes with the power at the manor. Julie subtle, um, subtly hits on Cole. What do you think of Julie? I like her. I like that she's, you know, a strong woman. She's You can tell she's badass right away just from her attitude, and I like that she knows it, and she hits on Cole right away. Do you think Cole was hitting on her? I don't really feel it from Cole so much. I just, it's just funny. It's kind of what he did with Prue. He's just all up in these women's faces and like staring them down, trying to get them pregnant with his eyes. And it's like, dude, (laughs) you're not that hot. Oh, (laughs) but that's true. When she like uncrossed her legs, he was like hungry for it. He made it obvious. Yeah, he was hungry for it. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm a one woman demon. I'm like, you sure don't act like it. But let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Leo. Leo talks with Maria while fixing her sink, and Maria is distraught over having to suspend one of her students for pulling a knife, and he threatens to come after her. She's thinking of quitting, and Leo talks her into staying on since she has the chance to do more good. The sisters find the spell and potion to vanquish ghosts. 
And the last time we saw the spell, Rob, was in the power of two. That's right, with the Alcatraz ghost. Mm -hmm. And Piper notices Leo's Medal of Honor from Guadalcanal. He hid it away in his army file. The power goes out, causing Phoebe to lose half her column. She muses about getting her own place. Phoebe calls Cole to let him know what's happening, and Julie answers, claiming not to know Cole is married. Julie says Cole isn't in the office, but Phoebe says she really needs to talk to him. Unknown to the sisters, Cole is in the basement. He's the one who tripped the breaker. He flips the power back on and flames out. Julie pretends to be Cole copying his voice while talking to Phoebe, who is concerned she'll miss her deadline. Julie says there's a place Phoebe can work just as Cole comes back and takes the phone. He suggests the towers near the ocean where his firm is having a party tonight. Cole tells Julie that she's tired. Hired. Hired. <laughs> Maybe I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so points to Julie. I love her quick and sort of like on her feet sort of way of covering for Cole. She did a great job. However, see this is Piper and Piper. This is Phoebe's problem. She doesn't question the job one bit. She doesn't check out the office. Now, wait until she sees who this resistant looks like. Especially now that this woman didn't know she was married. You know, and I love it. I love it. I was like, Phoebe, you are already slipping, okay? Just because you dated him for a while doesn't mean he ain't doing shit on the side. And I don't, I don't know, Sean, what do you think? Like, would you have checked up? Well, I mean, not checked up on him, but I mean... Would you want to know a bit of this information? Did you ever go to Chris's job and, like, see who he works around or if he even is going to work every day? <laughs> um, I, I used to work pretty close to him. So at that time, I used to stop in at his store. But he usually knew when I was going to be there. But it was cute because every time he would, like, rush me to everybody in the store and be like, this is who I'm talking about. This is Sean. And he'd, like, introduce me to as many people as he could, like a race. <laughs> so julie clearly was throwing shade talking about how cole didn't mention he was married but clearly she knew have you ever withheld information <laughs> to anyone that you had a boyfriend yes i have rob <laughs> why do you ask uh -huh. <laughs> yeah no i've actually done it too there was a time where i i tried to meet make friends but once they find out that you're dating someone their sort of interest sort of goes out the window so sometimes i would withheld that within the first few conversations just to see if there's like a friendship there but i know now today that that can be very deceiving to certain people mm -hmm. um, but yeah i mean i've done it i swear the way they hired julie is they were like we want to test your skills at lip syncing to somebody else's voice because she was on it with lip syncing Nicole's voice. She even did like his mannerisms when she did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So we gotta watch out for Julie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Paige finds Rick and Nathan in an old picture with Leo and wonders if they're the ones who cut the power. So Piper finally gets Leo to orb in. I mean it this time. <laughs> uh, he recognizes Rick and Nathan in the picture but doesn't want to talk. Just then, Rick and Nathan come through the wall, and Rick throws a knife at Leo. 
the wound heals itself and Rick and Nathan disappear. So Sean, this is when I was telling you about the healing powers and its limitations on if they can heal certain people and wounds and things like that. And I was saying later you'll find out that Leo gets stabbed himself and it heals automatically. So this is kind of one of those, I guess, advances that he has with this healing power, but he's unable to, you know, heal, you know, certain people. So I don't know what you like. Is that shenanigans? Um, so is the reason that this one was able to heal because it was caused by a supernatural being? I want to say so. I mean, it's not like he gets, you know, bashed over the head or something by like non-human people but I guess I guess because it inflicted himself he's able to heal himself a dark lighter arrow of course it's poisonous he can't do it himself but um yeah it's still a little tricky but we find out that he can heal himself now hmm. so uh Leo tells Piper and Paige that he and the Langs grew up together in Burlingame a suburb of San Francisco they enlisted together, and their unit ended up fighting in Guadalcanal, and Nathan was badly wounded. But their unit was under heavy fire, and there wasn't any medics out in the field. So Leo ran out of the tent, and literally seconds later, a bomb hit it and killed everyone in it. Had Leo been there, he would have died as well, along with all the other troops he saved. So the Langs have been carrying their anger for years, and it's keeping them from moving on. And Leo doesn't think that he deserves to be a white lighter since he let his friends die. The sisters plan to summon Rick and Nathan from the grave so he can talk to them and explain why he left the tent. So Sean, you've known up until this point that these ghosts are holding a huge grudge over Leo. We don't know why. We think Leo's a saint. What could he have done? we find out what's going on. Do you think this is a big deal? So this is one of my things with this episode. I'll share a little bit now, but yeah, I don't think it's enough for this like burning hatred they have. I wish that the reason for their grudge was a little deeper set, like a little more questioning, like, oh, Leo might've been able to do something or he had to make a tough choice and one way or the other, like somebody would have died. But yeah, the way they showed it, he really didn't have much choice. It was, he's going to die or they're going to die. So I'm not exactly sure how the ranks in the medical field work out when you're um, at war. But I guess you can say, like, if I'm a really good medic and one of my friends is hurt, do I want to work on that friend because I'm the best one to save his life or... Do I just let anybody do it? And I think the hatred comes from the fact like we're your friends. Yes, there are troops out there. Maybe they could have sent somebody else out into the field and he could have stayed there and attended to his friend. And so he feels a bit betrayed. So, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think this is enough to hold a grudge, but I guess for people like him, it would. But to kind of say it in another way, would you prefer that your friends stick by you and help you? Or would you really respect that they need to go out and save other people? I feel like I would respect them for um, wanting to save other people. Because 
him leaving, he had no idea that two seconds after he left that a bomb was going to drop on them. And there wasn't really anything else he could have done there. So I like to think that I would be bigger than holding this grudge for so long. Yeah. So what about Leo, though? Like, everything that we saw, and he still feels that he did something wrong and something of big betrayal. So does he have sort of um, a reason to feel this way? Mm, I wouldn't put it past him because it's one of those things when you live through it, um, there's always that question, like, you know, had I waited two seconds and not taken them to that tent, or had I stayed with them, was there something I could have done? So I think it's it's believable for, for him to feel this way. Didn't you love that army music that they played yeah. <laughs> during this dramatical scene? <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Rick and Nathan realize that the grandson is Leo himself. Bah, da, da. Nathan, however, <laughs> sensed Leo's guilt over leaving them behind. Rick wants to kill him, but Nathan reminds him that they can't since he's a white lighter. Instead, they plan to kill those closest to Leo. Cole shows Phoebe the apartment his firm is using for the party that night. Phoebe sounds more receptive to getting a place of their own. Cole heads back to the elevator. Julie is waiting for him and helps Cole pick a dress for Phoebe to wear at the party. Julie tries to hit on Cole again, but Cole rebuffs her. So, do we hire somebody who is clearly flirty and trying to get on the D? Right, like that's such a bad idea. If you know that you're married and you don't want to cheat on your spouse, then why are you going to hire this beautiful <laughs> person who you already know wants you? Like there's going to be that one party that him and Phoebe are fighting and he gets a little drunk and he disappears with Julie. It's trouble waiting to happen. And she's not going to hesitate either. That's what's so funny. It's it's very tricky because she is very qualified for this job. That's what sucks. But <laughs> it's very tricky to hire somebody who you know is attracted to you. Mm-hmm. So Paige finds out the Langs were buried at the VA. She, Piper, and Leo are about to head there when Leo gets a jingle. Maria's in trouble. Unknown to them, the Langs are listening in and sees a chance to get under Leo's skin. So Leo arrives to find Maria being threatened by Greg, the student she suspended earlier. He has her at knife point, but Leo and Maria talk him into dropping it. Just then, Rick appears and stabs Maria. Did you did you see that coming, Sean? No. I know I forgot. I totally forgot. And I was like, damn. They, you, here's the thing about Charmed. Like, we can talk about how, like, Buffy is, like, a little bit darker, more realistic, grounded, or whatever the case may be. But Charmed kills innocence all the time. All the time. I mean, do you recall Buffy killing a lot of innocent good people in that show? No, it's true. You're right. There are just a lot of surprise deaths, and especially um, a lot of, like, old people die in Charmed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we've talked about this, but, man, they do not hesitate to kill a good person. I guess because on this show, we know where they go. So I guess it makes for an okay to have these people die. Sometimes they die in very horrible deaths, but we know for the most part most of them goes to heaven as far as the charm verse goes but yeah it's it's pretty brutal leo tries to go to her but nathan grabs him leo tries to heal maria but her spirit has already left her 
this is actually really horrible to watch, especially in Leo's perspective. Uh, I would hate having to watch this, because technically I would have blamed Leo, but <laughs> that's just me. Uh, the Langs tell him that she was an innocent whose blood is now on his hands, just like theirs. So, I had a thought when I was watching this, Sean. The ghost came in, killed Maria with the same knife that Greg left at her apartment. You wonder if Greg took the fall for this. Because it's not like Leo called the police and was like, oh, there's a murder here. When they find this body, they're going to find this knife and they're going to know that Greg was the last person to touch it. That's true. And Leo, we find out later, didn't leave the apartment in a natural way. So, like, you're right. There's just this body, this knife, and the knife with Greg's fingerprints. And he was the last one that would have been seen coming or going from the apartment. Yeah, fingers crossed he didn't get caught. Well... That serves this teacher trying to be all dangerous minds and shit, and it backfired. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Maria, but she's a white lighter now, so yay. Yay. The the new Natalie is what she is. (laughs) Piper and Paige are about to head to the VA when Phoebe comes down in a long black dress. Piper and Paige tell her that the Langs tried to kill Leo. Phoebe is about to call Cole to back out of the party, and mentions that she and Cole are getting their own place. Piper tells Phoebe to go on to the party. Piper's feminine intuition tells her that Leo is in trouble. Paige uses her sensing power to find him and confirms that something is indeed wrong. Paige orbs to Maria's place to find Leo crying over Maria. Leo tells Paige that the Langs killed her to get even with him for leaving them to die. He also says that he's lost his powers and doesn't deserve them in the first place. Paige tries to convince Leo that he is not responsible for what the Langs are doing. Realizing that he's defenseless without his powers, she orbs out to get Piper and Phoebe. The Langs are listening in the whole time. Rick wants to kill him, but Nathan wants to make him suffer first. Cole and Phoebe are dancing at the party when Paige orbs in to warn Phoebe about Leo. Cole lets Phoebe go. Phoebe has got a lot of freaking nerve, and here's why. They are attacking one of their own, okay? Like, you find out that Leo is being attacked by this ghost, and she is still like, uh, but I want to go to this party. All of a sudden, she is different from Piper in her marriage. I Like, oh yeah, we get to move out, even though this whole entire marriage, Leo and Piper had always made it work inside of the house and i love how piper kept her cool and handled it it's just like i'm gonna take care of my man and you take care of yours this simple you know just go just go bitch i i I don't have time for you i love it see what i mean like phoebe is a different person now she's so selfish she is very selfish i mean this this man has really got her changing but it's also cool that even though this very sort of heated argument with with Phoebe and Piper Piper still has sort of a smile on her face as her and Paige joke about dum dum you know Paige letting her like I got a bone to pick with you because bitch y'all asked me to move in here and she gets to leave and I like how Paige didn't make a big deal out of it would you have like called hypocrite on them or would you have like jokingly been like haha I think I would have said something like Paige, like jokingly, but that would bother me that, you know, they did push me, 
Paige into like coming to live with them, and now one of you's moving out. Like, what was the point? I gave up Glenn for this shit. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and you know, it's it's funny because like for the last few episodes, especially when um, Cole was human. You know, Cole would always be like, I don't want you to go and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, innocence come first. And, you know, I have a job to do. And all of a sudden now it's like, I don't want to be here for this. You guys can handle it. And yada, yada. Um, so Cole must be serving some heavy BDE hardcore on her because she is changed. So Piper is making the potion when Rick appears and throws a knife at her. She freezes it midair like the bitch she is, but Nathan appears behind her and stabs her. Rick covers her mouth and squeezes her heart until she stops breathing. Paige and Phoebe arrive and try to revive Piper with no luck. Leo runs in and he was looking for Rick and Nathan. Just then, the Langs reappear and Nathan knocks Leo to the ground. Paige leaps at Rick, but he goes invisible and she lands on some boxes. Ah, that scene was funny. Uh, Paige tries to get up and Rick slaps her down. Leo begs the Langs to come after him. And as they're roughing him up, Piper's spirit leaves her body. Remembering the spell, she has Phoebe and Paige grab the book. And Piper speaks the spell just as Rick is about to stab Leo. Ashes to ashes, spirit to spirit, take their souls, banish this evil. And the Langs are vanquished. Piper's spirit starts floating away, but Paige reminds Leo of all the lives he's saved, and Leo gets his powers back and heals Piper. So I think that the Charm Ones dropped the ball today. Like, I think they were all over the place, and they didn't really do a good job today, <laughs> especially Leo. Okay. I was really not happy with it. Well, because he's like sitting in his apartment sulking about, no, I don't want to go. Leave me alone. And then his wife's dying at home. And Phoebe coming back from the party, it just all just adds up. Like, if you guys had just done what you were supposed to do, most of this stuff would not have happened. That's true. This was a, That's just me. This was a series of unfortunate events. Phoebe comes back to the apartment. The party's long since ended. Cole tells her the firm has offered them the apartment, and it's theirs for the taking. With Paige's new control over her orbing, making it easy for, easier for her to reach the manor from a distance, Phoebe agrees. Piper and Leo attend the reunion. Leo meets several people whom he saved on the battlefield, including the man he died saving. The man waves over his son and grandchildren to introduce them to the grandson, of the man responsible for them being born. Piper looks on proudly as Leo in introduced to all the lives who only exist because of him. My hero. That's really nice. I can't remember if this was true or in a movie, but I remember there was a talk show where somebody was in the audience. Oh, I read about it. I think I read about it on some talk show. Somebody was in the audience and they had no idea that every single person surrounding them was like a survivor of the Holocaust. And it was because of this man that those people lived, therefore spawned all the children in the line to go further. And so all of these people stood up saying like, I'm here because of you. And this man was crying his eyes out. It was so beautiful. I don't know if you've ever heard this story before. No, I haven't, but that's, that's crazy. 
Oh, it, it, it just shocked him. So he had no idea all these people. And, like, to know that, I'm sure, can be pretty emotional. But um, back to the show, she agrees to move out. After everything that just happened just now, do you feel that it was still okay for her to move out, even though Paige has her orbing down? Would you say this is still an okay time to do it? I'll actually stick up for Phoebe on this one, because as much as I think she's being selfish, I think they need to establish lives of their own like as adults they can't always just live together so i'm not gonna hate on her for moving out even though all this stuff just went down i don't think it was really a good idea given what happened yes i think eventually they do need to go their separate ways but i don't know if this was the exact right time to do it but hey that apartment was pretty flawless yeah i also i can see like from Phoebe's standpoint, when your partner is pushing you to do something, and we know why Cole's doing it, but she doesn't, and, you know, he presents her at this apartment, of course she's going to want to make her partner happy, so that kind of clouds the judgment at that point. Yeah, I just wish they had left on better terms, where it was more planned and not so done, not necessarily behind their back, but with her huffing and puffing, like, oh, I'm not going to get anything done around here. Like, it just, to me, just feels like you don't want to leave on that note. Yeah, I agree. But it's setting up an interesting story. It is. It is. So, Sean, what did you think of Saving Private Leo? Um, I thought this one was a little more it can wait just because of kind of what we talked about, about the Leo and the brothers, their story not being as big as it could have been but also i just didn't really find the brothers likable as a villain like i know you're not supposed to like the evil person but you should at least like fear them or like respect where they're coming from so like most of this episode i found myself kind of like looking towards my phone or playing games on my phone even though i was paying attention but it didn't grab me like other episodes just like get over it you know (laughs) yeah Okay, no, 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 that's fair. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say this is one of my favorites either as far as season four goes. It was nice to get a little bit of a backstory with Leo, but I I agree. Like, I I unfortunately didn't find this particular grudge to be that vengeful. So um, maybe I'm just cold-hearted, I don't know. But yeah, I would have probably went a different direction. But... um, all right, so it was Catch It Late, which is cool. I think we've had a lot of, um, you know, worth the waits going on. So, you know, one episode doesn't make a whole season bad. But, yeah, no, I-, I see what you're saying. Okay, not so many notes this time around, but I did find two things interesting. So, of course, the episode title is a reference to the movie Saving Private Ryan from 1998. Both the movie and the backstory of this episode take place in world war ii uh so sean if you look at the macbook that phoebe was so horribly typing on this woman really did not want to method act this typewriter i mean this keyboard because it just looked so fake the way she was typing on it (laughs) but she was using a macbook and the apple logo is upside down um, years before the current MacBooks where the logo is right side up. So Steve Jobs said that he believed that it was more important to satisfy the user than the onlooker. 
So after the design group noticed that the users constantly tried to open the laptop from the wrong end, given where the Apple was placed. So do you own Mac products? You don't ever ask me that again. I, I didn't think you were a Mac house. So um, <laughs> yeah, depending on where the Apple is placed, sometimes it can give you an indication where to open it. But when it's closed, the Apple is facing the person owning it. But now when you see a MacBook and you open it, the Apple is faced upright for everybody else looking at it to see the Apple right side up. Okay, interesting. All right, it is time for Hot Man Meter. All right, so we do have some men to go through. Let's start with our security guard who died for no reason, played by Obi Sims. Sean, did you get a good look at this guy? And if so, would you say he makes your list today? Rob, I did get a good look at him, and he could... I don't know any puns for security guard. I was going to say guard my security, but that doesn't really work. But yes, he's a hot-looking guy. He goes above, or actually below, Hector. That puts him at, what is that, number seven? Yes. And Billy, played by Ben Toplin, is off your list. Look at that shakeup. Somebody finally broke the seal. (laughs) All right, so the security guard, while a very handsome man, is not going on my list, so I'm going to pass on the security guard. Now let's move on to Greg, our knife-wielding assailant, uh, played by Renee Hedger. Does this young gentleman make your list today? It's hard to tell Greg, because I think he's cute, but with, like, hopefully it's his face makeup. He looks like a druggie, so... (laughs) So I couldn't tell. (laughs) No, that's fair. So I'm going to say he doesn't make it, but he makes tepid man meter. All right. He, he's been on some stuff before. I know I've seen him. Uh, He was on undressed, I think from MTV, but there's been some other stuff. I kind of looked at his list. Nothing really stood out, but his face just looks so familiar. Um, I do them back in the 90s, but today I wouldn't touch them. So we'll just leave it at that. It's the drugs. All right. <laughs> All right. Now time for our now time for our brothers. Let's start with Nathan. This is Louis Mandalore. So this is the gentleman who is the younger brother and um, was on my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Does this uh, does Nathan make your top 10 hot man meter? Um, he got close. I actually, during the episode, I turned to Anthony and I was like, he's a contestant for Hot Man, but compared to my number 10, Inspector Cortez, I'm not going to let him in. Okay, so I can't believe I'm doing this. He's making my meter. I think he is gorgeous. I'm, I was thinking the same thing. He does go over Leo, but does he go over Cortez? And I think Cortez is so handsome. I can't do it. So, he doesn't go high, but he does beat Leo. So, Leo is not going to be on my hot man meter this season. Is this revenge because I kicked Cole off? (laughs) No, it's not revenge. (laughs) But, um, yeah, Nathan is going as my number 10. He's just not as hot as Cortez, but he is a fine-ass bitch. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, now that what's left is uh, Kostas Mandalore as Rick Lang, the older brother. Does this gentleman make your top ten? You know what? I saw the things he did in Saw, so no, I know, I know who he is. <laughs> I totally forgot he was in Saw. He totally was in Saw. Okay, yep. Um, yeah, I'm good too. I, yeah, I just one brother is fine for me. I don't need both. I'm not that kinky. <laughs> all right well that'll do it for our hot man meter did any of these men make it onto your list make sure to keep your list updated we are almost to the end at the end of the season i will be asking for those lists so i can put together a charmy hot man meter of season four okay sean who is your mvp this week you know what one character in this episode stood out to me and actually made me have some emotions so this week i'm giving it to them i felt so bad for maria because she was doing her best to be the best teacher she could and she was finally finding like an uplift in her life and everything was going to start going well and then she literally gets stabbed in the back and dies and that sucks and i feel for maria (laughs) (laughs) no that's awesome that's awesome I'm actually giving an MVP to the woman in the beginning who got scared to death because that woman went for that Emmy. <laughs> she, I, I, she could. I don't think anybody could handle it as best as she could. That woman really played the part, and oh, I just feel for her. But yeah, that part was hilarious, but also very cringy, and I feel for her. So. She's my MVP this week. You know, it's funny. I'm glad I went with Maria because I was going to go with the lady in the beginning, but I was like, now stick with Maria. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. Uh, All right. Well, next week is another episode. We're going to keep this going. Next week on Charm, Sean, bite me. (laughs) Um, That's super vague, but when I think of biting, I think of vampires rob so i think we're going to have a vampire episode very good very good yes the episode is about vampires but there's still more to it so join us next week for an all-new episode of brunch with the hollowells we will be doing episode 18 bite me all right so Remember to rate and review our show on any podcast app that you are listening to our show. Your word of mouth helps us get some more fans and up on the charts. We also have a Patreon page. By joining the attic, you do get bonus content and merch. I actually sent out some stickers to our latest Patreons that joined the show. So again, thank you so much for uh, being a supporter of Brunch with the Hollowells. And yes, that'll do it for this week. We both hope you have a wonderful Sunday fun day brunch. Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye.